gentlemen welcome back to another episode of Southside rabbi listen the person across from me right now the reason that he has on red is for the blood of jesus ladies wow. <laughs> that's all i was trying to tell you and the h that he has on that jacket stands for holy because when you want to think about holiness by an imperfect person in its quintessence i think about kevin elijah burgess i wow. think about somebody who wakes up and says how can i be holy today wow right um, and so I think that when KB gets to heaven, um, that there is going to be an award ceremony. And in that award ceremony, there's going to be a holiness award. <laughs> and it's going to be a blue ribbon. But it's going to be a blue ribbon. Moses is going to get up there along with Elijah and they're going to read the nominees. <laughs> and they're going to say the nominees for the holiness award <laughs> in this timeless eschaton that we are living in. Uh, here are as follows, and it's gonna, and it's, gonna, it's gonna show Paul the apostle, <laughs> and it's gonna have highlights of him writing letters in the tr in, in the jail, sweating, um, you know, getting let down out of a basket, you know, getting stoned, um, and then it's gonna be Stephen, Stephen there crying out to the Lord before he, wow. you know, gives up the ghost, right? Um, uh, Stephen is gonna be there, of course. Uh, Peter is gonna be there. They're gonna have Peter, you know, open air preaching, you know. Um, all of that, all of that good stuff. <clears throat> They're gonna have uh, who else is gonna be there? Um, Abraham is gonna be there. Um, and they're gonna just show him and and that whole thing. Joseph, Joseph will be <laughs> nominated. Um, and uh, and then Mary, Mary Magdalene, she will be nominated she will as well. Be nominated too. Okay. And uh, and so when they open that envelope, right. Um, actually, they're gonna have Michael, the archangel, come up there and open the envelope. We're gonna wow. say we're gonna give this this presentation he's to Michael. Only one worthy to yeah, open the seal. Yeah, yeah, that 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 part. Um, and uh, Michael is gonna open it, and he is going to read that that winner, and it's gonna be Kevin Burgess. And heaven is going to erupt. You know, you know how like when uh, at the hip hop award where Macklemore won album of the year, but everybody know Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City should have won, and yes, everybody was clearly. like outraged. And then yeah. Macklemore sent a text apologizing to Kendrick, which was weird. Yes. And then uh, and then Kendrick was like, "Don't apologize to me." That's not gonna happen in, in this one. <laughs> Everyone is gonna be like, "Who the person that won it should have won it," and it's gonna be Kevin Burgess. Oh. And um, and so I I just wanted to you know wow. I can't wait to be in attendance. Wow. And um. And yeah, you know, I just Bro. I just think it's just going to be great. And uh, so when we get there, you know, make sure you have on your best, heaven's best. Heaven's best. And then uh, yeah, Sunday's best. Yeah, sun uh-huh. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. For you're that. welcome. Just powerful intro just, per usual. I, I just had to. Just, I'm always humbled by being around you. Uh, I am because, obviously, because of your ability to okay. uh, encourage and to honor uh -huh. and do all things well. Okay. And, you know... I understand that we have been able to categorize seven wonders in uh -huh. the world. You know, you got you got places like the the Great Pyramid, Great Pyramids. You know, the Great Wall of China, of course, the Taj Mahal. You know, uh, uh, you know Machu Picchu, Stonehenge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Petra. You know, Christ the Redeemer in Brazil. You know, these these are wonders of the world. But I want you to know, I mean, that myself and about 400 very dedicated Amenites. Have all written letters 
to the International Wondery Treasury that determines who and what deserves to be a, a wonder of the world. Right. And brother, we have great news for you. We have gotten a voice with their chairman. And ladies and gentlemen, I am glad to say breaking news that I mean the dream Hudson will be oh. the eighth wonder of the world by the end of this year. Now, obviously, we know he's a wonder of the world because he is him. He's Himothy. He he's him. Hemi Neutron. He's Hemi Butler. That's Hemi who he is. Hemi Butler, that's a new one. But like I'm just one. grateful. Thank you. That we've been able to get the highest level. Yeah of honor and uh-huh. prestige to recognize who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for I Mean the Dream Hudson. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my brother. But of course, as you've already witnessed just a piece in another episode. Oh, yes, I know. Both of us stand as ants yeah. next to the giant that we I mean, are about yeah. to introduce I to you. I tried to ignore him. That in the, That's in the, in, in the encouragement piece because yeah. I just feel so... You know, the 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 level. Yes. We're here. Yes. He's here. Absolutely. You, you know. Yes. I go ahead, I, brother. I was I was listening to a comedian the other day, and uh he said that he was uh he was talking to uh someone who was just just athletic freak of nature. Uh-huh. And and they were, you know, they can jump higher than everybody else and run faster than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And they went, they came over and introduced themselves to him. Uh-huh. And he said that he couldn't hear what they were saying because he was so in awe of who they were. Right. And I said, where did the, when was the last time I felt just that the ability of, of the person is so beyond this world uh-huh. that it's difficult for me to just have a normal conversation with them because my brain is trying to compute the greatness that's in front the of me. Gravitas. And I thought, Ray, that's who it was. I, I, I was trying to put it, I was like, who was it? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in awe. Cause I'm like, how are these things coming together in his these thoughts, these right. ideas, these yeah. abilities, yeah. these relationships? So, yeah. How is he doing it? Right. The, the language it's distracting. The, the profundity. It's yes. Just- yes, it's distracting. And uh, but I'm gonna do my best yeah. to listen this episode right. and not be taken away <laughs> by the wonder that we have here. He is the president, El Jefe, Maestro, uh-huh. okay? Master Sergeant uh-huh. of a wonderful organization <laughs> called Asian American Christian Collaborative, okay? Yeah, AACC. Do me a favor, brothers and sisters, make some noise for our partner, our friend, our brother, Raymond Chan. One time. Uh, my uh, glasses are fogging up. <laughs> <laughs> That's because there's so much heat coming off that <laughs> brain, man. Those thoughts. <laughs> the greatness is just emanating. You guys are hilarious. It's yes. like it's like almost heresy, probably heresy. <laughs> Listen, man. Don't let it, don't let heresy get in the way of a good joke. A little heterodox you know never. Saying? No, yeah, a little, little heter- <laughs> spoil nothing. That's right. Don't let now heterodoxy will spoil your church, your faith, and your soul, but not a joke. And that, yeah. it is, it is, in fact, heresy, jokes depend on heresy. Oh my, <laughs> oh my this god. Ain't no heresy. This ain't no heresy. Hey, we won't say his name. Yeah. But there was this pastor that literally said one of the most heretical things yes. ever. This man was talking about how Jesus uh-huh. grew into his God. I remember that. He was like, Jesus became God. Yeah, you he know, became he said, God. You mean to tell me he just came out of a womb as God? Yeah. No, no. And, and then he knew what he was saying was <laughs> right. heresy. So he followed up what he was saying with, 
This ain't no he heresy. Said, this ain't no heresy. <laughs> this ain't no heresy. He said, we gonna call this heresy. This, this ain't, ain't no heresy. heresy. This ain't no He said, all I'm telling you is that they sold you a bill, bill of goods, goods and we bought the package. <laughs> I was like, who sold us the bill of goods? The authors of scripture? <laughs> the Holy Spirit? Yeah, because it wasn't, it, 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 it wasn't the people that did it. Oh, man. It's, as a matter of fact, you're selling us a bill of goods right now. Which is also insane. Yeah. Like, there's a lot to lose if Jesus became God. <laughs> a lot. You're just a regular dude and his mom. Yeah, you know right. What I'm saying? Because then now it's like all of us can yes. become gods. Yeah, that's right. So the wait, I think we're safer in Who's this to say that the dude that was in Miami that said that he was now a god, one god? Since people become, all right. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry, we could go all day. Forgive us. Listen, what we doing here, baby? We want to talk today about cross-racial solidarity, but I think that a good place to start in talking about that is what is happening with AACC and the kind of work that, you know, the Asian American Christian Collaborative is doing. So could you talk to us a little bit about that? And uh, we can get into why it is important for us to have cross-racial solidarity, especially as we are pursuing justice and mission for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's, as always, so great to be together. <laughs> <Amen>. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. My my cheeks are so stretched out that my, <laughs> my jaws kind of hurt coming into this conversation. Oh, man. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So... Uh, just a general quick overview, AACC or the Asian American Christian Collaborative started early on in the pandemic as there were there was rhetoric from very powerful people that were basically saying Chinese, China flu, Kung flu, Chinese oh, flu. Oh, yes. I remember that. And so a lot of Asian Americans who had studied Asian American history, understand how Asian Americans were racialized, right. began to get concerned that this would lead to an another overt spike of anti-Asian violence, hatred, and racism. Mm. Right. Because, I mean, racism has never gone away mm -hmm. against Asian-American communities, yeah. including, as well as with any other kind right. of racialized minority community. It just kind of finds ways to evolve, to become latent when it, it's convenient to do so, and then yeah. pop out when it's appropriate or allowed to be mm -hmm. you know, out in public. And so uh, we, we put out a statement. Uh, and that got a lot more traction than I, than I thought it would. And we basically uh, formalized into an organization. Love it. And uh, shortly uh, after, we started realizing that some of the conversations that we need to be having is around the, the black and Asian dynamic mm -hmm. uh, and how African Americans and Asian Americans were historically and even in present day pit against each other. Right. So yes, right. Sir. Yes. And so we did actually a, a collaboration with Be the Bridge, uh -huh. and so we put together a three-part series. The, the 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 Women of Truth Table were mm -hmm. was on uh -huh. there. Shout, Shout out. out to them. Shout yeah. out to Truth yeah. Table. Absolutely. Uh, Esau McCulley was a part of. Shout it. out to homie Esau. Yeah, several yeah. others were a part of it. And they were they were all um, fantastic in in terms of talking about like the history, the current realities, a biblical articulation for solidarity, and then moving forward. And shortly after, George Floyd was killed, mm. and so that disrupted the entire country. I mean, they're, right. the entire world. I mean, right, I think right. 65 countries, wow. there were protests in over 65 countries uh, just around the, the killing of George Floyd. Right, right. And, you know, prior to George Floyd, we, we know all the hashtag names, mm -hmm. you know, Michael mm -hmm. Brown, mm -hmm. Laquan McDonald, yes. you know, go down the list. Yeah. But then in that period, you know, we had uh, Botham Jean, Yep. Yes. Tatiana Jefferson, yep, yep, Brianna yes. Taylor, yep, yep, yep. Ahmaud Arbery. Yep. And so the 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 tensions internally and so, socially kept emerging. So people were marching everywhere. I live in Chicago, and so uh, I started marching with uh, with 
the black church mm-hmm. or the black churches. And uh, one of the things that a lot of people were asking is like, where are all the Asians? Oh. And so mm. I said, I see them. And they're around, right. but we're five percent of the city of Chicago, so ah, we're we're a small, very small percentage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I I I I remember that question striking me pretty significantly. And then um, as I we, as we were marching down in a uh, MLK drive, ML, MLK Junior Drive, yep. and we were going back to our cars, I just remember seeing this guy that I had talked to on my way down, uh, sitting on his porch, and on the way back up, I said, "Hey, I hope." What was your experience like? You know, you're yeah. you're watching this from your porch. Uh, thousands of people are marching down your street. Right. Yeah. And he was like, what good is this going to do? Ooh. Are you going to show up for us tomorrow? Are you going to come back here tomorrow? And I said, I might not come back here, but I'll come back somewhere. Mm. And so that's when we started planning a march in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Where we called Asian American Christians to march from a historically Asian-American church to a historic African-American church. Wow. And so Charlie's church, Charlie yeah, Day's church. Charlie Day's, Day, shout, shout out, out. To, to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's actually where the shirt's from. Yes, right? so Asian-American Christians for Black Lives yeah. and Dignity. Mm-hmm. And so we've been doing that work, and then we worked, uh, so we did some, uh, we, we continue to do a lot of work. AACC does a lot of uh, advocacy work, so we do everything from local municipalities like in the city of Chicago to mm-hmm. uh, the White House where we... Frequent a little bit more than I anticipated. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've seen some pictures of you there at the White House, man. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging out. So hanging nice. out. Yeah. yeah. I, there was one time I was in like a room, like one of the libraries, uh, and I'm just by myself. I'm like sitting back and I'm like, this is kind of nice. Yeah. I think I could live here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind living yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, we've done, we do a lot of advocacy work uh, that, that, Bleeds into kind of uh, speaking truth to power. Uh, we we put out statements. We also do some community work where we uh, work within our communities and then uh, kind of try to cultivate uh, Asian American Christian kind of uh, discipleship communities. And then we do educational work. So we'll have a, we have our own podcast. We have our own magazine. We have um, uh, educational events like webinars and conferences yeah. and seminars and stuff yeah. like that. And I so love that. We do a lot of that and uh, and and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, that's good. Um, it's funny that you said this, uh, and I feel like some people don't talk about this a lot, but you did talk about the way historically that Asian Americans and African Americans have been pit against each other. Could you talk a little bit about that? In what ways has that happened? And how do we, how is AACC seeking to combat that? Yeah. And so AACC is primarily about public Christian witness. Right. It's about unlocking and unleashing the gifts of the Asian American church for the broader society and for the broader church. And one of the things that we felt was, we felt, we feel is very anemic to the church is a commitment to the whole counsel of God, Mm. a commitment to the full character of God, which includes both aspects of holiness and righteousness, which we apparently are standing in the (laughs) greatness of. <laughs> so I feel the heat yeah, of glory right, emanating right, right, right. from His Holiness, yes, yes, uh, as well as aspects of justice amen. and wholeness and shalom. Yes, amen. Within the Christian vernacular, especially in the U.S., we don't have an imagination for the justice of God, mm. and so or people like y'all are changing the conversation. Wow. But we're also trying to do that as well. Right, right. And so for us, one of the things that we've seen is that historically, 
you know, when you look, when you go as back as far back as you can, I mean, Asian Americans the uh, first step foot in on what we now call U.S. soil, you know, in the 1500s. Yeah, right. Yeah. But you know, primarily we were brought in as replacement labor labor for for African chattel slaves. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because yeah. they were like, oh, it's no longer popular to hold slaves captive yes. and mm-hmm. exploit b- people who are black. Right. Yeah. And so we need to find an alternative source of labor. Right. Yes. And so waves of Chinese, Indian, other uh, other Asians were brought in, sold a bill of goods that they would be experiencing a great life here in the U.S. only to find that the conditions were terrible. Wow. Because the conditions hadn't changed. Right. <laughs> It's just that they were manipulated and told that if they just come and work here, they're going to get paid. Ooh. And so that's how Asian Americans really started entering into the landscape. But all throughout history, one of the things that you'll see is that because of how we are racialized, we are always placed in hierarchies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so who is trying to become like the model minority yeah, is yep. a big question. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Go and ahead. honorary whiteness is a big reality. Right. Ooh. And every minoritized community is essentially brainwashed to believe that we need to become honorary whites. Right. Yeah. But every community that has become an honorary white at some point or that had become the model minority at some point, when it became in, when they became inconvenient minorities... They were cast aside. Right. And let that that also happened during chattel slavery. Let's not forget that. Yeah, that's there right. were slaves that also essentially were trying to become model minorities or they were trying to get close to whiteness. So they adopted all of the same racial prejudices uh-huh. that white po- white people did. Yep. And they and sometimes were worse off. It, it, well, Think a lot of the that, times that, were that, worse. That dude that owned owned slaves. Yeah. During slavery, yeah, as a black man, yeah, and they said that he, he said even white slave owners were like, "Yo, yeah, you're tripping, my guy, right, right? Maybe you should be a little more kinder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Go ahead, but but usually it 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 only uh, fared well for them for a little bit of time, yeah. And as Brother Ray said, once you were no longer needed, you were discarded like the rest, yeah, yeah. yeah for so, sure. but go ahead. I'm just saying that 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 has always been the case, yeah. yeah. And so I mean, you see that in the civil rights era, you see right. that you see that you saw that in the L.A. riots or yeah. the L.A. uprising, yeah, that's true, yeah. and one. One of the things that I think the LA uprising is, a, or the LA riots are a really important um, yes. kind of case study for uh, for Black and Asian and Absolutely. Latino tensions. Absolutely, because what you actually saw, what you see in public, and how the public imagination was shaped, was yeah. that you saw everyone talking about African Americans versus Asians. Yeah. Yes. What you didn't see were the stories of how African Americans and Asian Americans had worked together in community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were both. Isolated and in in spaces that were heavily under resourced, right. lack of investment, and forced to figure out how to live life in an, in a country where there was no willingness to 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 pour resources into their yes. communities. Right, 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 right. And then to not to not be wanted outside of those communities, mm-hmm. and so they were basically forced into these communities without the proper like support structures and, and and opportunities to work together. Right, 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 right. And yet they found ways to do so. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean that they didn't have tensions, right? right At the right. individual level, there was always tensions. But what the LA riots showed was how even though the story is it was African Americans against Asian Americans or Ooh. primarily Korean Americans. Yeah. Yeah, primarily, yep. The reason for that was they basically sanctioned off all the white neighborhoods. The police protected a border around all the white neighborhoods and 
created a free-for-all between all the rest of the communities. Mm-hmm. And there were Latinos, there were poor whites, there were Asians and African-Americans all basically trying to figure out how to make sense of this violent state that we were living in. And this was the, this was the L.A. riots that were launched off of the death of that little girl in the convenience store? No, no, store? no. So that one was Sunja Du. So okay. this one was with Rodney King. Rodney King. This is okay, this is okay. okay. This gotcha, is gotcha. this is this is the famous you know them showing videotapes of folks on the roof with rifles. That's gotcha. exactly uh, gotcha. the, the fact that you rifles. know that. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. because that's how the media painted it. The yes. media, the the it got that that was some of the most prominent uh, uh, images that we got was black folks looting stores or tr- or, yes. or 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 hating the Asian communities for having businesses in their communities yes, and yes. then the Asian communities having to get guns to defend themselves against yes. against. African Americans, yes. but that's the that's the imagery that was. I can see the image in. of my mind of an Asian family on top of a roof mm-hmm. with guns in their hands. Absolutely, that, yeah. that that's what they. I mean, they pumped that to everybody. So this so, was this was like nine. This ninety one, ninety two. That's exactly right. Ninety one, ninety two. Yeah, yeah. Was it? I think it was ninety two. Yeah, because they, they call them the L A riots and they also call them the 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 Rodney King riots. Uh-huh. Yes. I, yes. Okay, I understand. I, I think I, it was ninety two. But, but that ahead. was just that was right after the 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 killing of the girl. Ah, uh-huh. right. And yeah. so, I mean, like tensions started rising, right? right? Already. And mm-hmm. then the you know Rodney King was brutalized by police officers. Then right. they were all acquitted, and right. then right. basically all you know, hell broke loose. Hell broke loose. Yeah. And so, uh, so we found ourselves in a situation where all the white neighborhoods were protected by the police. All the other communities were left to fend for themselves. Yep. And it. Primarily was portrayed as a black and Asian kind of conflict, black and Korean conflict. And sadly, in the pandemic, you heard people from both communities refer back to the L.A. riots as their way of responding to the the social tensions that we were experiencing. Yeah, that's crazy. And so I heard Asian Americans saying, do we have to arm ourselves? I heard African Americans saying similar things. And, And it was like... Oh my gosh, we live in a twilight zone that has been shaped by yes. a picture. Yes, right, yes, right, yes, right, yes. right, right. By yes. a picture. Well said. That's true. You know what I'm thinking about too as you're talking is uh, there's a character online mm-hmm. named Charleston White who. Uh, is, character might be an understatement. Well, I, I, I was trying to be kind to yeah, the image of uh-huh. God he is still created yes. in. Uh, this dude. Is for those who don't know him, and I do not encourage you to look him up. He is he he can be he can make a whole lot of sense, or he can be extremely vile and, and vulgar, unreasonable yeah. and vulgar. Right, right. Um, but he's just this dude that just says whatever he wants. Um, has a value a value system. Uh, hates drug dealers and gangsters and and, and any kind of people committing crime and stuff like that. Yeah, like black, he, he's a black dude. Yeah, bl- black dude. From Texas. Very much against gang violence, which w- that part we can appreciate. Right. Uh, but then he also is in love with white folks in terms of like uh, those who would have power to protect him. Uh, yes. So he, 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 when he does a live stream and there's a black man on there, he will talk to him very, very denigrating ways and you know but then a white dude will come on he'll be like hey how you, how you doing there yeah. sir yeah that's a good good white man right there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. good white man right there so he is very much there's some self-hatred going on there for sure um, but he hates Asians mm. yeah hates them 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he wishes that they would all die. He says very vile, evil things about them and all kind of conflicts with them and um, online through videos going back and forth. And uh, Charleston thinks, in his mind, that he is standing up to a community that invaded our community. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's common. They invaded our community. They, they are, they are, they are uh, selling us our hair products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they are, I don't know, selling us food or whatever it may be. And they're emptying out the black, black, black uh, economy by their presence in our community. And they won't hire us. We're not working at their, their place, at the places of commerce, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the way that he frames it is completely missing how this entire situation was created by a higher structure of pushing minorities into the worst part, the most under-resourced, the most right. forgotten, the most, uh, you know, uh, w- whatever part of town that is not, not desirable. All of the minorities get shifted into that space mm-hmm. and they're, they're, then they need to figure out how to make it work. That's right. Who put them there? <laughs> Who? Why did we end up all in the same communities? Right, right. What was the context for our demographic? And I think my last name is Burgess, which comes from the House of Burgesses. Because uh, in, in, the, in the House of Burgesses, there was a realization following Bacon's Rebellion, if you, if you follow history, where those who were poor and all forced to be in the same place, no matter what color they were. Yeah, they'd band together. There was a time where black folks and white folks were having babies together way before there was anti-misogyny laws. Right. Those laws came in response to a community that was very much multi-ethnic. Right. Right? Yeah. This is back in the colonies. Right. Then and, they saw that they were like partnering. Right. And, and, and trying to, yeah, <laughs> partnering against them. Against them. And they said, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. And from out of Bacon's Rebellion yeah. came this insistence that the American society is built on hierarchy. Yeah. And if you are able to ascend to certain levels of status, i.e. whiteness, right. you are able to move with a kind of access that no one else has. Right. And then every minority that comes into this com- country from the Irish at Ellis Island yeah. is trying to find a way to make it into diamond medallion status. Right. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, right. How do we need to talk? How do we need to walk? Who do we not like? Who do we, yeah, who do we need to hate? What who kind of prejudices right, do right, we need yes. to uh, acquire? Yes. Right. But we're not, we, we're forgetting the fact that the status has been created by ungodliness. Right, mm-hmm. right. That the status itself is the problem, that there should not be a status outside of mm-hmm. equality and image bearers. Right, right. But it's so crazy. I'm just, I'm just thinking about that. That Charleston White and all the points that he makes about black economy and, 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 and Asian uh, presence mm-hmm. uh, and the vitriol that, that flows out of his mouth he is completely miss, missing that there's a greater framework that you are actually perpetuating. Right. You're perpetuating the pitting of minorities against each other, right. which is not going to help your community in the long run. Right. Collaboration, my brothers and sisters. Yeah. Collaboration is God's way. And that that that's, and if you, I mean, look at Jews and Gentiles in the New come Testament. Oh man. Look at look at what and even in the Old Testament alluding to that. He yeah. was always wanting to collaborate cross cultures. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Collaboration is risky. Collaboration is hard. Yep. Uh, studies show that collaboration in diversity often makes 
it makes uh, getting to answers. It takes a longer time yeah. to get to but the they answer. Get better answers. But they say that the answer is always better. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. the answer is always better. Yeah. So diversity seems to be something that you think God cares about. I think so. <laughs> I think talk you see to it us all a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you know, because you know the the the, the Democrats and, and and the Libocrats, the okay? the, the Democrats, <laughs> and the and the they just want diversity and inclusion. All right. And all they're they trying to is- diversity and inclusion us to death, literally. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Please talk to us a little bit about God's heart for diversity mm. and just how you you see that as a principle. As, I, as I've gotten to know you as a man, you build your life on an insistence mm-hmm. of including and remembering the vulnerable, collaborating with the overlooked. Help us to feel how you feel about it. Yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> I mean, everything you said is so good. And I think this diversity is God's design. Like yeah. he designed all of the, the the plants and the trees and the you know the flowers right. in its diversity. It's not right. just one kind of flower yes. that we yes. see all yes. over the it's not just one type of fish or one type of bird. Right. You see a diverse array and of expressions within just God's creation. Yes. God created man and woman. There is diversity. He created the nations. There is diversity. And if you look to Revelation, you see that every tribe, nation, tongue, and people group will be bowing down before God together. So there is this kind of kingdom vision that begins with the garden or begins at creation and ends at Revelation. Yes. But I think... In the conversation with diversity, what you're talking about is you're kind of uh, making a joke of like diversity for diversity's sake. I think diversity for diversity's sake goes awry when there's no commitment to justice and there's no commitment to making things whole. Come on. Right. And so unless we're able to make things whole, diversity does some but not enough it'll yes. it'll get us off the line but right. it won't get us to the finish line on, and so we have to look at what the scriptures are calling us towards which is a celebration of the diversity that God has created mm-hmm. but also a commitment to establishing the type of just reality for God's diverse creation and God's diverse people yeah 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 I love that because diversity is not enough yes and I think that um like you said, the the aim of it is wholeness, and um and I think that that's God's design and God's vision, right? Like right. we see the diversity in. I love how you mentioned the diversity in the eschaton. That's why it's so crazy to me when people say it's not about you know your ethnicity or black and white. We're all in Jesus. Well, I mean, Jesus seems to think in yeah. the eschaton that all our diversity is on display, yes. right? Uh-huh. All of the the because, nations and, and tongues. I, and if I could just add to that too. I yeah. mean, it yeah. literally was not our idea. Yeah, like I mean, we like, didn't come together and say, "Man, what if <laughs> there was like black people and brown people? Like we all ex- people with different nations, yeah, from different yeah, nations, different, different languages. We had zero control over that. Yes, literally. Like it's it it, it is a, it is as we say, this is above me. This at is this, above at, me at this point. <laughs> um, and so, um, I do think that it's above, and and, and I think that it's above us. But I, I and I think that you make a great point about diversity uh, for diversity's sake not being enough, which it, it tends to it it seems to think. Uh, that I, I think that a lot of uh, pro- uh, opponents of diversity um, within the church think that that's what folks are trying to accomplish. Yes. Yeah. 
Y'all just want to be diverse for the sake quota, of being quota, diverse. Quota. It's just quota, 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 affirmative action everywhere. Yes. And I think that it's a lack of seeing the kingdom vision and what God has intended uh, the kingdom to look like. But not only that, a lack of seeing the way that the enemy has divided us yes. by caste. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. The ways in which sin has played itself out on God's earth, the way that it's contextualized itself in these caste systems that we've created yes. and how it has made a mess of the very thing that God wants to uh, to, to to use as a representation of not only what he is like, yes. but what heaven is going to be yes, like. Yes, 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 absolutely. Um, and, and I think that that is a part of why we, you know, why we yes. think diversity we, is important. We don't do diversity for diversity's sake. No. We, we don't do anything for its sake alone. Uh we do everything for the glory of God, whether you eat, whether yeah. you sleep. I yeah. mean, even as we think about Christmas when, you know, the, the, the popular song, be good for goodness sake. I'm not even good for goodness sake. No. Mm-hmm. I do believe in goodness and goodness is a... If, be, giving myself to see a world that is flourishing with goodness is important. Right. But the way that that happens is that there's something even more important than simply everybody getting along. Mm-hmm. God True. made us. You cannot exclude him from the equation yeah. or things fall apart. Yeah. I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the way that the enemy is a caste system kind of player. He's constantly coming to you and saying, here is a status yep. that you could achieve if. <laughs> I, I think uh, it's what he said to Jesus. That's exactly yeah. what he said to, to Jesus. Jesus. Listen, good. here that's is good. a status. Uh-huh. There it is. Right out there, that's the diamond medallion yeah. status. That's, that's, you. Right. that's, that's right. all you. <laughs> that's all you, Jesus. That's all you. Yeah. You could be at the front of the line. You feel me? If you do this and that. And I think that it's important for us to say that diversity for diversity's sake is actually, it works against diversity in the whole. Yes. Because I remember, now, I have been raised by a strong woman. I mean, I had a couple of fathers in my life. Uh, unfortunately, both of those fathers kind of ended in abandonment. Abandon, they abandoned my mom and then mm. abandoned me. Uh but I've watched my mom walk into, um, you know, I watched her walking to walk into a a motel that was falling apart, and she mm-hmm. came in and was basically the chief executive officer and turned a uh, a hotel that was making like, you know, maybe five or six thousand dollars a month, and to making fifty, sixty mm-hmm. grand a month mm-hmm. uh, until it became a multi-million dollar year project. I saw her do that in St. Pete. Yep. I saw her go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. went to a motel that was falling apart, went in, cleaned it up, got new staff in. The thing that was struggling was now churning out millions of dollars in profit. I saw her go do it in Ohio. I saw her do that around the nation. I have never struggled. Then my grandmother, uh, I don't think that my family was a matriarch. I think that, that that's too far. But I I do know that we had strong women that we saw do things that were not only praiseworthy, but necessary for our survival. Mm-hmm. So I haven't ever struggled with the value that women bring to an organization. Mm-hmm. I remember being in conversations with people who were waking up about how male-centric their organization was. And they were like, we gotta get some, gotta get some women in here because this isn't a good look. And I was struck mm-hmm. because I was like, 
Hold up, cuz. Y'all want the optics to look better? Uh-huh. And I hate to sound carnal for a second, or do you actually want to make more money? Mm. Because if you get, if you're not just uh, getting rid of an entire gender right. because they're females, right. right? Right. And only hiring men that you're friends with, right? Your company is actually going to be better if you stop doing that. That's yeah. right. If you can, yeah, I got the Billy Graham rule. I'm not hating the Billy Graham rule. I understand that y'all, you know, want to be. I'll, you know, Mike Pence said, I'll never ever have a conversation with a woman. Listen, and my I wife come is in there, and that woman is cooking cookies in the break room, and it's just me and her. I'm turning around and slamming the door. She will be cooking cookies by herself. It'll be her hey, and Jesus cooking cookies. Maybe y'all can figure out how to control yourself. Right, right. Because God did intend for us to be in proximity with that one another. That is absolutely what he is. Without you doing something crazy to them. And the good news is or, or, most of these women don't want you, bro. 99.9% of them have never thought about you the way you think about them. That is you true. are thinking about them in ways at home, you, scenarios. Right, right. And you make you you reading into how she might have squinted or yeah. said thank you yeah. or brought you a gift. And, and in her mind, you are as normal as a cousin, a brother, a father. Okay? But that in your needs mind, to be said, man, she wants me because... That needs to be said. If you could get over yourself, and these sisters can come to the table and actually turn your thing around, your, right. turn your, your company around, your little organization around, whatever it may be. All I'm saying is diversity for diversity's sake is also, not only is it not going to work, it insults those who you were inviting in. Right. Because it's not as if these women are bringing something to your company that could actually help it be better right. or to your ministry that could help it be better. It's just we just don't want to seem like a bunch of manists. That's you know what I'm saying? Yep. So I, I'm, and so I, I'm. That's how you get a company full of women who are not paid equally. That's exactly, exactly, because <laughs> they're they're basically here as. But bro, listen, what I am saying is that it makes sense that the wisdom of God has been so expressed in Scripture in insisting upon us break down barriers that keep us apart, whether it be ethnic, whether it be uh, class, age, yeah. or class, that the church lives and dies on the on the uh, removal of barriers. Amen. Uh, uh, the ending of class uh, yeah. when we, when, in, in, in terms of how we relate to one another. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, not ending of class in terms of, uh, of, of, of like nobody should have more than anybody else. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is no one should look at anyone else and see somebody who is above them or beneath them. We see people as image bearers full stop. Right. Mm. And, uh, and, and if you are image bearer, then my partnership with you, bro, I, we used to sing this song in church when we were growing up. Uh, it was like, I need you. Yep. You need I me. need you. Yep. You need me. Yeah. You are important to me. I need you to, to survive. survive. Yep. Mm -hmm. I need brothers and sisters from across the spectrum who've been won by the blood of Jesus, who God has commissioned to carry his great commission out into the world. Yeah. I need them. They need me. Everything that separates us has come from the devil, mm. not from God. Yeah. So our leaning into what God has provided in God's way yeah. gives us a kind of diversity that brings glory, that brings glory to the Lord. That's you know? right. You got just keep preaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real talk, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so, as we, we kind of wrap things up here, um, what is kind of your challenge to folks out here that are 
thinking about this. I, during our during the pandemic, a lot of folks l- leaned into our podcast. Yeah. I, I learned about this later. Uh, a bunch of different pastors leaned into our podcast to help them think about justice, uh, racial reconciliation, also the uh, issues around critical theory. Um, so we got a lot of pastors that that frequent the podcast. Let's say I'm, I love Jesus. I love the stuff that y'all are talking about. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I think, I think Jamar Tisby is, is, is a good guy. Uh, but I'm a white evangelical pastor that that's all I've known. That's, that's all I, that's, that's all I, I really see around me. Um, and, uh, I care about diversity. Uh, but I, I mean, our staff is all white. Our church is 90% white. I, you know, I'm not a bad guy. You know what I'm saying? And I don't disagree with you. But w- what is God's... We live in a predominantly white area, too. We live in a predominantly white, white area. Yeah. W- w- what is your kind of... If there is a challenge. Yeah. What, what kind of challenge do you have for evangelicalism? Not for those who are mm-hmm. like, brother, we are going to keep our church as black as we want it to be, and we don't care what's going on around us. We're going to keep our church as white as we want it to be, and we don't care what's going on around us, or as brown, whatever it may be. We like segregation. Not those people. I don't, I'm not interested in talking to them. I'm talking about the people that are like, I see, I never saw it before, but I see the value in what you're talking about, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. I think the first thing you got to do is count the cost because it's going to cost you because the majority of people don't see what you are starting to see. Yeah, true. And then to bring all those people, which has become your base, yeah. that has particular commitments and a particular vision of what the good life is and what particular vision of what a church should look like and what a church worship should look like. I mean, like, remember what we went through the worship wars? Yeah, worship. Oh, Have you heard when, when white evangelicals basically were fighting the worship wars, whether you can play a guitar or you can't play right. a guitar? Right. That When you introduce the, 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 the atrocity of racism and the racial caste system into the conversation, you're elevating the frustration and the com- and you're highlighting the commitments of an organization organism of people that might be committed to a culturally and racialized white way of doing things that is unwilling to change. Wow, 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 wow. And wow. so there's got to be a co- accounting of the cost because yeah. it's going to cost a lot and you're going to be in opposition to those who have basically found themselves comfortable in the settings that they have cultivated for themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think wow. the second thing is there has to be a commitment to racial justice before there's a commitment to diversity. Ooh, that's a good. lot of times people are saying, a lot of times what you see happening is that they just think bringing in a black, Latino, or Asian, or indigenous staff member is going to fix all their problems. Only to realize that that black, Asian, indigenous, or Latino staff member is feeling a deep sense of loneliness through onlyness. Mm, loneliness uh, through onlyness, <laughs> yes. A deep sense Woo! of frustration because they are in an environment that validates one way of thinking and their way of thinking is so contrary that they feel crazy and that they burn out by trying to just simply call for minor changes that could lead to major impact. Wow. Mm. And so if there's a commitment to racial justice, 
then the the core of that is going to be to dethrone whiteness and white supremacy from its throne mm. because every race was created in juxtaposition to whiteness and white supremacy. Mm. So black emerged because there was a desire to preserve what they would want to create as white. As white. Mm-hmm. Their Asians emerged because we didn't necessarily fit within the black and white dichotomy or the yeah. binary. Yeah. Same with lat- lat- Latinos and, yeah, yeah. And, and the indigenous. I mean, like every tribe was very different within the native population. Right, right, right. And they had to get lumped into one thing. All of them are just native. Yeah, All yeah, of them are yeah. just native. Yeah, right. And so what, what we find is that if people aren't willing to um, address the things that lead to injustice and understand that 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 racial hierarchies exist and and that white supremacy is the function and the source of all these other races that have emerged, then yeah. then we're we're never going to move forward. Mm. But the other piece is there is an active effort to not talk about race. Yeah, 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 yeah. because people will improperly cite Galatians three. And say yeah. there's no Jew or Gentile, male right, or female. Right. I'm like, are you really saying that there's no difference between men and women? Right. There's no difference between the poor and the rich. Yeah. Then why are you saying that there's no difference between ethnicities and races? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so yeah, it's there's a there's an inconsistency in what people are Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. And they don't want to apply one hermeneutic to one thing and another hermeneutic to another thing because that hermeneutic disrupts their status quo. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I would say at least those things. But the other piece is don't just look for that black friend or that Asian friend or whatnot. Um, look for people who understand the communities, the struggles, the histories that the different populations have experienced and are bringing into the, the mosaic of the church yeah. because that actually enhances the body of Christ yes, overall. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah. 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 I, I think that, that that's a solid point that mm-hmm. the, the whole... I am called a black man today, not because my ancestors got together and said, man, everybody else has a name for themselves. What should we call ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> that's almost anything black, though. Yeah, That's you're right. almost any black cultural product. That's almost, that's yes. blackness as an identity. Yes, yes, that's, yes. That's all, it's always, it was in, it was in distinction to what was, what, the distinction that was already placed yeah, on yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, that, that show from back in the day where it was those dino- those like these dinosaurs uh-huh. and they and they had like a baby dinosaur and yeah. they, say, <laughs> they were called the dinosaurs was, I think and they had a baby dinosaur yeah, in the yellow shirt like, on yeah. and he hated the mama and he hated his dad he hated his dad he was just like not the mama not right, the mama right yeah. right 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 when I think about that racially, it's just like you're not white, so not white not right. white not right. white so we need to break make up a whole bunch of other categories yes. so that we can be clear of who you are not. Yes. Right, right. And right. I think in a lot of ways that has set us back. And I think people have tried to find ways of how do we bring down the 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 racialization. And uh, you know, some folks have went so far as, you know, like Morgan Freeman, uh-huh. you know, oh. you know, he's, he's talking about, you know, I, there's no such thing as 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 yeah. African American. You know what I'm saying? Black if we act like it doesn't exist, then maybe it will just basically osmosis yeah. into we the can make general it raceless. society. We That's can make right. it raceless, yeah. But the problem is <laughs> you making it raceless doesn't address the issue. Right. Because it wasn't the, the, the racialized people that made race. Right. It right. was the dominant society that, that set this thing up and because the, 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 the dominant group that set this up. So this doesn't come down right. without there being some... Repentance. Yeah. And, repair. Be, and some repair and some reorientation, reorientation of yeah. what does it mean to have 
the image of God-centered, not the image of God as it exp- as expressed by an American dominant culture member. Yeah, that's you right. know what I'm saying. Because I wasn't born Asian American. I was made Asian American. Ooh, you weren't born black. You were right. made black. Yeah. Right, right, right. And yeah. then our communities were made in a particular way because we realized we don't have socio-political well power yeah. to make a difference in this society that. Right insists on viewing us and treating us in a particular way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so until we basically take some political agency, some social social agency, some economic agency to transform this reality, right. yeah. like we're going to be stuck in this endless loop, yeah. which is why the collaborative efforts across races is so important, right. especially in terms of how we navigate uh, the future. Because by 2050, the reality is or even sooner than that, depending on how the population changes, the majority of the U.S. will be non non white majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be brown. It's gonna yellow. be brown, right? Yeah. And so, so there's a massive browning of America. And so, the question that we have to keep asking ourselves is, how do we make sure that we remain conscious in a world that seeks to make us unconscious? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. To wow, put wow. us to sleep to all the injustices that we're facing. Yeah. To, to help us, to, to lead us to neglect why there's housing crises that impact different communities in different ways. Right. Or, yes. or black communities more than other communities. Or why there's health issues that that plague particular communities according to the racialized reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Man, that's yeah. good stuff, And that's man. really good because I, it causes you to ask deeper questions mm-hmm. as to why things are the way that they are. Yeah. It's too reductionistic to say, well, the reason that the housing crisis and the health crises and all that is plaguing one community more than the other is because they're irresponsible and don't take care of themselves and that they're lazy. It's pick a, up it's yourself a, by your yeah, own bootstraps. You pick up yourself by your own bootstraps, and that's why. And it's such a reduction, reductionistic answer. And it's just... A historical, you know what I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. and I and I and I think that um, man, I, I'm I'm glad that you know we get to talk about that because I think that when folks hear us talk about whiteness, they get a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But um, I mean, sometimes the discomfort is needed because if we're thinking about how the reality of history, that is the way that things have played itself out. The caste system was not created by brown people. Yeah. yeah, yeah um, wasn't. and and so uh, and and that has a residual effect. But that's yeah. how sin works. It is how sin works, and I think it's important to remember too that whiteness. Uh, has now become synonymous with anybody with fair skin yeah. who is European, yeah. and it wasn't that either. Right there, there, there were people who we would consider white today who were not who were white not considered white years by ago. whites. That's right by those who were considered white. That's right. It was seen disrespectful to call certain yeah. people who were obviously European yeah. white. Yeah. Because when you say whiteness, like that is not synonymous with white people. Right. We are saying whiteness as a construct. Is the problem right? And what I'm exactly say say that again. Whiteness as a construct is the problem. Not the same because the same because it's not to say because you look in the mirror and you have European (laughs) or originated skin that that you are the problem. (laughs) We're talking about a status that was was created that adopts people who look a certain way. Right. But the onus that which needs to come crumbling down is that which would put one. That would give preference or partiality, James, right, to one uh, uh, hue of skin over the other. Now, right. I will say this, bro. I do think the work that it's going to take for us, because the majority culture has to wake up to some of this stuff mm-hmm. for there to be fast change. Yeah, eventually, the the country is just changing. It's globalizing. Things will 
will kind of, you know, even themselves out over the next 150 years where everybody's walking around and it'd be, it's, it's, even I think for my kids that now, mm-hmm. who look like the face of the, 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 culture, the country, what the country will, will eventually look like, it's just hard explaining racism to them because it yeah. seems so utterly ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I, so what, what am I again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it seems useless, seems irrelevant. Um, and I think that I, I see some merit and value into that, in that. But I think that the work that it's going to take for majority culture to realize that you are swimming in a world that is filled with things that were granted to you from generations that preceded you. Yeah. That they had generations that exceeded the suburbs that we that that proceeded the sur- the suburbs that we have today. It was in their heart and mind that y'all would never live next door to black people. Right. Mm-hmm. That was it was not, you know, that's why the suburbs were covert. Created. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was intentional. It was written yeah, down. The suburbs it were was created. recorded on video. Yeah, yeah. Then their children inherit that, and they feel it more internally. Maybe right. they wouldn't say it, right? But they feel it. Yeah. They feel more comfortable around it. Yeah, black people start moving in. They start asking, "What's yeah, going on here? Are we, are we doing Section Eight here? Yeah. What's going on?" You want to hear something crazy? Affordable, is this affordable? Yes, yeah, affordable yeah, housing yeah. coming on around yeah. here. What's happening? <laughs> I live in a city. Oh, do I want to? So there's a city called Oak Park in, in the Chicagoland. Yeah. It's an interesting city because it's the only, there's only two exits where you're exiting left off the highway, yeah. not right. Uh-huh. Yeah. The reason for that is because they didn't want black folk to accidentally exit off into the city. When the city was... When, when, their, when white flight was taking place yeah. and... People were starting to leave, and uh, and there was there was a, a form of reintegration where people could buy into uh, the, the into communities. Realtors decided that they were going to hire black women to walk around the neighborhood with strollers to scare the white people off and sell their homes. What? The city saw what was happening, knew that the property values were going to go down. And so what they ended up doing was offering insurance with government money to say, if you stay and don't sell your house, namely white folk, we will guarantee that your house value does not go down. Today, it's one of the most diverse cities in the, in the, in the Illinois area. They paid people to stay? They, they guaranteed that they wouldn't lose money. To protect their own. Yo. So, like, when we're talking about this stuff, this is real, this is real bro. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that long ago. Right, yes. right, right. Yeah. I mean, we all we, we've brought up the the the, the 2011, 2012, 2011, 2012 Bank of America. Yeah, was caught, you know, at the highest level discriminating against black mortgage applicants. Uh-huh. Yeah, then the Justice Department came in. They had they because you know. They had to get some evidence for this. Yeah. Justice Department came in, found the evidence. It was widespread. One of the biggest payouts yeah. in, uh, in the history of the United States from a bank just happened in 2011 and 2012 over racism. Yeah. So it, it, it is, it's here. And what I'm saying is, I just want to make this last point, and I'll give you the last word, Ray, to, to close this out. There is so much that I believe many of my brothers and sisters 
are have just inherited by merit of by merit of just existing. You haven't asked at a, a friend of mine who used to work for me um, uh, from Nashville um, on my it was a booking agent, and uh, we were in we were at, at, hanging out at um, at this hotel before we went to to the show. It was me and like three or four other brothers, and we were just having a conversation. He was a white brother, and he said, "KB, can I be honest with you?" I was like, "Yeah, it's a safe place. Um, just don't say the N word." Uh, not a safe place. This this, this this never safe for you to say that because uh, I don't know how I'm gonna respond. Right. I was like, <laughs> I'm just not safe to me. Uh, but I, but but he was like, yeah. He said, um, he said, brother, I have no reason to be around black people besides you and the other black people that I, that I work for. He said, and they don't they don't work at our at our booking agency. They are not. They don't go there at my church. Uh, they're not at the gym that I go to. Uh, I've had basically an all-white existence and I didn't ask for it. I just just inherited it. So these conversations is it's like you you you're speaking another language to me. It's so outside of the air that I breathe. Of my world. Unless I have someone outside of it disrupt it, I it wouldn't even cross my mind to think about it. But the disruption is uncomfortable. So it's not necessarily that I disagree with what you're saying. I just like to be comfortable, and I don't want the disruption that my that, that, that my, my setting has been set has been given to me by people whose intentions were 100% racist. Yes. Now, I don't feel like I'm a racist, but I live in the world that was set up for me. Yeah. By those that came before me, and I hear what you're saying, brother. But the disruption and discomfort that would come out of me actually doing something about this, I'm sure it would help your people out, but it would make me very uncomfortable. And there are two Christian categories for that. One is sin. Yes. That gets passed down from generation to generation. Yes. And then the other is formation. Whether we like it or not, we're constantly being formed. Ooh. And so as Christians, we have some level of responsibility to be aware of our own sin, yes. which the Holy Spirit will illuminate within us. Yes, yes, yes. And to understand the forces that are shaping and forming us yeah. because we might not have a choice in whether we are raised in a home or a neighborhood or a society that wants to create visions of people according to this caste system. Right. Yeah. But if we are truly regenerate people if we are truly sanctified by the Spirit, and if we're growing into the likeness of Christ, Jesus has nothing to do with this stuff. Ooh. And so none of this stuff looks like Jesus. Yeah, 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 say that. And so how are we going to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus and identify with him and, and say, this is who Jesus is, when we ourselves are unwilling to tackle the things that Jesus, if he came and sat down at this table, would, would school us on. Right, sir. right. And so, like, even when I think about, like, you know, I said that I wasn't born Asian, I was made Asian, no one's born black, they're made black. Uh, white people weren't born white, they were made white. Yeah, right, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And so, one of the great losses of whiteness and white supremacy is that people lose their ethnic distinctions. Mm. This is one of the greatest tragedies of yeah, the African-American community who were plucked out of their communities and then there was no record of where they can right. go back. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 for sure. And so there it's are It's not that things... I'm Irish or I'm English or I'm French. It's, I'm just white. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then now you know that, and, and to, the, to the other point, as, as you were talking, I'm like, this is why 
both discipleship and education are so important, mm. right? There, there's an active move to essentially whitewash history in elementary, junior high, and high schools, driven in part by Christians yep. who want to sanitize history in a way that doesn't tell the truth, right. which is also contrary to Christianity. Yep. Right. And then our discipleship, which is completely negligent of addressing the, the the forces of racialization and other factors that lead us to believe what we're believing, which are not taking on the mind of Christ, which right. are not taking on the mind of God. Yeah. Right. And so we have this skewed mentality. Yeah. And so it's like, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Brothers and sisters, this has been another uh, episode of Southside Rabbi. Yes, I am KB. I'm a mean to dream. Thank you for joining us, Ray. Thank you. We'll catch y'all later. Governor DeSantis that said that we said, learned a lot oh of skills. Lord. Governor DeSantis said we learned a lot of stuff that would that would benefit our lives. And if you think about it, slavery was good for us, according to DeSantis. DeSantis did not say that. He is he suggested slavery was good for black people. Yes. Oh yeah. And then, they he, and, then, and then he and then he to be. Uh, he said they learned useful. They learned yeah. They learned they learned workers. trade skills. They learned trade skills that they could then take out to the world once they were freed. Life skills. Oh God. Uh, that video of I saw a little. I, I refused to watch the whole thing. But it had, the, it had Frederick Douglass in there. Frederick Douglass. Uh, said, I told. Did you to see remember. that? Even though they kept oh, us is as this slaves, the, the, the Prager. Yes! Oh my gosh! Even though we horrible. were slaves, it's what everyone did. I feel like if Frederick Douglass could come back alive and walk in Prager University, he would slap them in their he face. Would, <laughs> like how Bernie Mac, like Bernie Mac did uh, when he got off the, that train and uh, head of state. Oh, yeah. Oh, slapping oh, people. Man. I feel like that's what Frederick Douglass would do for what they did to that man, bro.